This show is made possible by you, our listeners. If you like what you hear, and if you want to help us tell more stories and reach more people, then from only two US dollars a month, you can become a patron of the show. Just visit patreon.com forward slash Aruka Network. Hello, I'm Jake Lloyd and welcome to How to Build Community, a podcast and a radio show brought to you by Tearfund's Footsteps magazine and Aruka Network. Insects, they make up 90% of all species of animal on the planet. The total weight of all the insects in the world is about 70 times more than all of the people. They are important pollinators of trees, crops and other plants. They help to break down waste and they are an important food for many different creatures including fish, reptiles, birds and mammals. So insects play a crucial role in maintaining the balance of nature. But what role do they play in building human communities? Well, in this episode, we're going to find out as we hear a story about one community and its relationship with the humble caterpillar. They all see themselves as a community working alongside nature and reaping the benefit and the gift from God of caterpillars. That's the voice of Violet Ruria, who is a programme advisor for the Salvation Army. She's based in the UK, but since 2016, she's been supporting and advising a project in the Congo central province of the Democratic Republic of Congo. And in this episode, she's going to tell me the story of the Caterpillar Project. It's a story of how deforestation almost wiped out a species of edible caterpillar in the region. It's about how a community led by village elders and primary school children brought these caterpillars back from the brink. It's a story of how cultivating edible caterpillars is not only boosting food security and nutrition in the region, but it's also increasing knowledge of sustainability and biodiversity, it's improving local relationships and it's creating training and employment opportunities for the future. And in the interview you're about to hear, you'll find out why this story has implications for all of us. But I began by asking Violet to describe this part of the world to me. DRC or Democratic Republic of Congo is one of the biggest countries in Africa is very extensive and has a very high population and also very high poverty rates. The rates of malnutrition and uh, child mortality are among the leading and they are also among the very least developed economies in the world. And beyond that, it's one of the countries with lots of um, natural benefits and lots of forest, and lots of uh, plenty of water. And the people are very, um, very hospitable, and they enjoy it, their traditional way of life, very indigenous, and they have lots of uh, knowledge that they have used to, uh, to thrive over many years. Mm. Is it common to eat caterpillars uh, in this province of DRC? 
Uh, yes, uh, caterpillars are a great delicacy and also has a very traditional connection with their ancestors. In most of the communities in DRC, they believe that the appearance of caterpillars signify harmony between the communities and their ancestors, and also harmony between the communities and nature. So appearance of caterpillar is very significant. And they believe that caterpillars, they are a gift to them for food. And it's one of the most highly rated delicacy when a visitor is coming, is, is visiting and is given caterpillars. It shows that they really respect you. And in some communities, because of how great they hold um, caterpillars, they give sacrifice of things like kola nuts and palm wine so that the ancestors can allow the appearance of caterpillars on their trees within their farms. Um, they believe also that caterpillars are a great nutrition for children and women who are lactating. And they also believe that the host plants that uh, caterpillars rely on are very important to their communities' uh, livelihoods. Have you been? Have you eaten many caterpillars on your on your visits there? Uh, yes, uh, I've been offered in some of the visits. I've eaten dried, fried caterpillars, and they're very, very delicious. How would you How would you describe their flavour? Um, it's crunchy and very tasty. You want to eat more and more of it. <laughs> Describe for us how, how the idea for this project came about. The Salvation Army in the UK and the Salvation Army in DRC have over many years worked together uh, to address the critical need of on malnutrition in DRC. And uh, it's been a long journey implementing different designs of programs to enable the children attain proper nutrition. And in the last project that we worked together was on promoting Moringa trees and uh, seeing firsthand the benefit of Moringa powder when it's given to young children and how they start to thrive and move from being very, very malnourished to being very healthy. We continue to discuss which other ways can we continue enhancing the nutritional component of uh, the children and the households. And in one of the local meetings, the chief started talking about edible caterpillars in a small village called Kilweka in Madiba territory. And he started saying how they chased the caterpillars. And because of that, their ancestors were not happy. And no wonder their children were suffering from malnutrition. And we went on a journey of finding how do we reintroduce back the caterpillars because it was uh, very important. It was very clear that caterpillars played uh, a major part 
as a source of diet to the people of uh, Kilweka. And from there, they came up with a, a small idea that they can go to neighboring communities who still had edible caterpillars, uh, a species that is called Cerida And they said they would walk, they would go visit that community, which was way away from Kilueka village. And they said, we are going to request them to give us some eggs to bring back to Kilueka so that we can hatch them and see whether they will help us uh, reintroduce our caterpillars back. And in the process, they also said, we need to first plant the host trees so that when the eggs hatch, we can plant them on the trees. And uh, with that, they came up with their idea that they needed to establish tree nurseries. And uh, they saw that everyone in the community needed to be part of this project. The children in the schools were given the role of uh, nurturing the tree nurseries. In four primary schools in Kilweka, they established tree nurseries, growing the host trees that uh, caterpillars habited. And after that, after the eggs hatched, the lovers were planted on the host trees in a small demonstration place. And uh, after some time, the lovers were distributed to the families around Kilweka and they all planted those lovers onto the host trees that they had. And that was the initial journey of this project. And after seeing the success of this project, they went to the second phase where they um, they came up with the idea again, locally from uh, Kilweka, that they needed to establish a small learning laboratory where they would get different species of caterpillar eggs and they would hatch them there indoors and then they would use that center also as a learning point where different people would come and learn the knowledge of caterpillar production. And in this small laboratory in Kilweka, they were able to introduce other species of uh, edible caterpillars. And from the center, once the eggs hatch, they are able to be distributed again to the community so that they can continue producing more and more caterpillars. How long has this project been going on? Because you talk about planting trees. Obviously, trees don't grow overnight, do they? <laughs> Not really. Um, we started, it's been a long journey since 2016. And most of the host plants of caterpillars are shrubs which grow very, very fast. So within two years, they are able to, to grow. And as they grow, they bring in the caterpillar and, and plant them on those trees. And what that has meant is that um, they, do, they no longer have to, especially the women and the children, do not have to walk long distances into the forests sometimes very dangerous walks in search of caterpillars to feed their families. They have it right within their communities. 
You've talked about a lot of different groups of people. Um, you talked about the village elders and the uh, getting the, the primary schools involved. Um, how how did you go about building all these these relationships and getting so many different people involved? Uh, initially, it was just out of the interest that the different people portrayed. For instance, when um, the three siblings were being established, the children worked alongside the people who were filling in the polytunnel bags to plant the trees. And also they, they went alongside the community volunteers to look for seeds in the forest, which they came and planted. And uh, the project realized the children are very interested in this. And out of that, they said, let's establish tree nurseries in schools. And uh, this gave the children a lot of uh, practical experience in planting trees, because during school terms, the children are tasked with the roles of watering and nurturing the the tree seedlings. And uh, some of the teachers in the primary schools were trained by the project agronomist so that they, they pass the same information to the children. And again, during uh, the times when the schools close, um, the children have a rotor continue nurturing those uh, tree seedlings and uh, once the the tree seedlings uh, mature then the project is able to pick and distribute to the villagers. Um, The youth were also very interested because many of them ate caterpillars but they did not know uh, where the caterpillars came from. So when this project began with the idea of uh, let's farm, let's domesticate caterpillars, many of them were interested and they volunteered their time and their energy to help clearing bushes so that they can plant the host plants and host trees for caterpillars. So in that way, they were involved. And also they saw a benefit that they can be able to produce caterpillars and sell and earn some income for themselves. And of course, the women are very close to the household and they know firsthand uh, issues relating to malnutrition. And they wanted to get involved in this project because they saw the need they needed to have some food nutritious food to feed their children and they also had an opportunity where they were distributing the local knowledge on how to make caterpillar recipes so the women got involved in that and uh, the village elders were very key because they helped to establish the uh, cat, uh, village caterpillar committees. They were able to give land where the demonstration plots would be established. And they were able to mobilize the community and make bylaws on how to protect the trees within their communities. So all the community people were very involved in this project from the very start. And they also, the the benefit of getting involved in this project. And is 
are the caterpillars being produced uh well are the caterpillars being farmed in the sense of uh then selling produce or is it just anybody locally can help themselves to to these caterpillars when they want them uh they have initially uh, farmed for household dietary needs and where at this point they've they've started producing surplus um and they are able to sell the caterpillars in their local villages and also in markets that are a bit far from their village. And they have been learning how to add value, how to preserve the caterpillars. They are able to dry them and uh, lengthen the shelf life of the caterpillars. And with that, they are able to sell them or preserve them for the time they don't have enough caterpillars that the household, the families can be able to continue enjoying the delicacy of caterpillar as part of their diet. Mm. So who is it that harvests and distributes and sells the caterpillars then? At household level, every uh, small-scale farmer has a number of trees where they produce the caterpillars. Mm. So it's for domestic use. So when they harvest more than they can consume, then they sell the surplus in the local village and the money they get is for their household. The Caterpillar Management Committee helps them to uh, to continue learning more about uh, rearing caterpillars. It also helps to connect them with markets and they also help in distributing knowledge and the different uh, they help to link the project and the community and they are able to continue ensuring that every member of the community is able to farm the caterpillars in the right way and has everything, the knowledge that they require to produce more caterpillars. Mm. Where I live in the southwest of England, uh, a, a year or two ago, I went on this guided walk with a uh, a forager. So there's this guy who takes you on a guided walk and he's an expert in the local uh, plant life. And um, you learn to pick edible uh, leaves and fruit and things like this that you find in the countryside. Um, but he was saying that there are certain rules uh, you're encouraged to abide by, whereby you only pick a certain number of leaves or a certain amount of fruit in order that, um, you know, the plant remains uh, healthy and can produce more. Um, is there similar rules with the caterpillars? Are people taught, you know, you should only pick a certain, you should only take a certain number at once? Uh, yes, they, they have very good uh, indigenous rules. They look at the length of the caterpillars and you're not supposed to harvest one which is small or which is not fully developed. Mm. And uh, they they are able to know from the tree how high they, they can harvest the caterpillars just because some species, when they mature, they move higher on the trees. So they, are, they have those guiding rules which work very well and uh, I think what is also very important is they they have their own communal laws, which stipulate that 
no one should cut a tree that is a host to caterpillars. So they have all those very interesting guiding rules that enable them to protect nature and caterpillars. I'm really interested in a, a project like this that brings so many different people together in a community. How has it um, affected relationships locally? Uh, yes, it it has uh, brought together very great connection and, and cohesion among the community members because each one has seen and feels valued for the role they play in this project. And they all see themselves as, as a community working alongside nature and reaping the benefit and the gift from God of caterpillars. And for them seeing the reappearance of some of the caterpillar species that were extinct because they had um, cut so many trees and because of the slash and burn agriculture and because of the charcoal production, they are working all together to rehabilitate, to bring that back, the caterpillar, and bringing back the caterpillar um, caterpillars in their ecosystem means that they are bringing the natural biodiversity back to their community. So that has been a great encouragement for them to work together. Mm. And you mentioned that the, the slash and burn of the trees, uh, this deforestation. Prior to the project, was it local people who were cutting down trees or was it outside it, companies or government? It was the local communities who were selling the trees because they needed money to be able to uh, purchase food for their families and they needed to sell charcoal to to burn charcoal to to sell and uh, some of them needed timber for construction and most of that was for selling to other community members or selling to the bigger towns um, uh, because of the demand for these things. Is, and is there still any conflict between uh, are, are there still people who want to cut down the trees for the money and are there people on the other side saying I know we want to keep the trees for for the caterpillars is is there is is that situation occurring uh, yes initially as the project started and uh, uh, putting up the bylaws of protecting the trees uh, there was there were lots of conflicts but the involvement of the village elders was very key because each of the village elders took, took task to ensure protection of the trees within their villages. And that helped to reduce the demand or the cutting down of the trees. And once the community started seeing the reappearance of caterpillars and started seeing that they can actually sell the caterpillars instead of the charcoal or the timber. They started becoming more protective of their trees. What's the what's the future of this project? Uh, the community has very great dreams. They see themselves exporting the caterpillars to global markets. And uh, they, we are helping, working with them to explore that. The 
are also thinking about how do they increase the diversity of the nutrition for the community so that beyond the the caterpillars, that the community can be able to produce other things like fish locally and uh, within the learning center in Kilweka, where the small laboratory is located, they are thinking of starting a, a fish farming pilot project to show the communities how they can rear fish and how the waste from the caterpillars can be used for feed for the for the fish. Mm. Uh, they have also dreams of enabling their children to access education to to high levels um, in DRC and in this small village in Kilweka. The children are very limited in terms of the access of their education. So they have dreams of establishing a small uh, training college where the children can advance their education. And they also have a dream of um, establishing the Kilweka Center to be a learning center where people from other universities can come. And right now they are they are using that to take in some some students who come in for exchange program or learning experience from agricultural uh, colleges. They come in there and they gain their work experience and they learn and gain the knowledge on caterpillar production. And hopefully they are able to distribute that learning to other parts of DRC where they live. They also want to see this project grow so that it reaches more people in DRC that they are able to embrace caterpillar farming as a way of income generation and also as a a complementary source of their diet. And beyond DRC, they have big dreams for the whole of Africa and hopefully internationally that caterpillars can be embraced as as a great source of nutrition on people's diets. It's amazing how it's grown from something so small into into <laughs> into what it's becoming. That that's really exciting. That that vision for the for the future. Um, yeah. Finally, now I've I've read a lot in recent years about how it, insects are are going to be a big part of our diet globally in future. They're nutritious and uh, sustainable source of protein and all this kind of thing. Um, and I would imagine people listening to this would have been inspired by uh, the projects you're you're describing. Um, I just wonder for for these people who've heard what you're saying and think think they'd like to explore something like this locally where where they live. What would you what would you advise them? What's the what, what's the best place to start? I think the starting point is to find out what is the indigenous knowledge that is available. And what people hold dear, for instance, in this uh, project, after realizing how important caterpillars were held in the community, then it was easy to explore that line and and build it up. And also uh, thinking about who will be involved in that uh, project, uh, always starting small and building up as you go along 
and uh, learning lessons, both of the, what has been successful and what has not been successful, and just continue improving with time and listening to each other where ideas are conflicting, having ways to resolve and to listen on what would work best would be my greatest encouragement. Fantastic. Um, Violet, I don't have any more questions, but is, is there anything else you'd like to add? Um, just thinking about the impact of this project on the lives of the people in uh, Kilueka and uh, just experiencing the first-hand uh, changes that have happened over few years. It, it has been um, a great encouragement to see that you can have successful projects, but they need to be locally owned and they need to be locally driven and they need to involve everyone in the community for the success of the project. And uh, just seeing how nature has a way of bringing the gifts, the benefits of the nutrition to the communities. And as we think about uh, climate change, I think it's very imperative we think about how do you synchronize maintaining or propagating uh, natural methods of food security. And this it has been one such project that has been very successful. Brilliant. Violet, thank you very much. Most welcome. That was Violet Ruria from the Salvation Army talking about the Caterpillar Project in the Congo central province of the Democratic Republic of Congo. And after the interview had finished, Violet and I carried on talking and she mentioned to me how this Caterpillar Project is becoming known elsewhere in Africa. I'm really excited to see how the same project, how we link it up with uh, our friends in, in Zimbabwe and how to encourage the interlearning and the sharing of the knowledge. Well, that I mean, that's a that's a future podcast episode as well. I think, isn't it? We should. <laughs> okay, so, yeah. What, we what, should plan for that. Yeah. What yeah. stage are you at with that? Uh, we are still in uh, the early discussion. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, just in the course of this year is when DRC uh, Zimbabwe mm. uh, learned about the DRC project and they said, wow, in one part of uh, Zimbabwe, people eat caterpillars, but they have to walk long distance as because of deforestation. It means the caterpillars are, are almost extinct. They are found in the interiors of the, of the forests. Uh, we hope to be able to make... Um, exchange visit or something like that. We are a bit limited of funding, but we hope that uh, this would be a project that will come through. So if you'd like to make a contribution to the development of this work, then just visit their website, donate.salvationarmy.org.uk forward slash food. And if you want to take a closer look at other stories from around the world of how insects can play a role in tackling food insecurity, land degradation and climate change, then visit learn.tierfund.org where you can find edition 115 of Footsteps magazine, which is all about insects. And that's almost it for this episode. Before we go, don't forget, you can catch up on previous episodes of How to Build Community on our SoundCloud page or in your podcast player. Just search How to Build Community. 
You can help support this show by making a small monthly donation on our Patreon page by going to patreon.com forward slash Aruka Network. And finally, if you have some feedback on this show or suggestions for future interviewees, then you can reach me via email, jake at arukanetwork.org. But that's it for this episode. Until next time, bye for now. <laughs>